Good morning. I had an amazing opportunity a couple of months ago in January. I had the opportunity to go to Cameroon, Africa. Thus, the dress. This is not my normal attire on a Sunday morning. But a very sweet friend that I met over there blessed me with this dress. And so I look for opportunities to wear it. So this is not my normal attire, as most of you know that. But what I want to share with you today is a message about reconciliation. And when we went to Cameroon, our charge was to go and train educators on basic counseling skills. I was like, that's cool. I can do that. I know all about counseling. I can teach them some basic counseling skills. So we had the opportunity to go and teach some of the equipping ministry classes to 27 educators that came for an entire week to our classes. But God had some other plans as well. Just like him, isn't it? He decided that while we were there, that he would bring to our attention some turmoil that had been going on in the village. We were hosted by the Presbyterian High School, and just a little walk down the hill was a little village that Acha Goris, who some of you may know and remember, had grown up in that village. And um, they began to come to Acha every night and tell him about the huge conflict that was taking place in this village. And so Acha listened. He listened to their complaints. He listened to where they felt like they had been wronged. And Acha would come back each night and ask us as the team, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. So we kept praying. And one of the things that these two groups wanted to have happen was they wanted to have a welcoming ceremony for the mission team that was there. And Acha, in his wisdom, said, that would be great, but you have to come together to do that. Because one group wanted to welcome us, and the other group wanted to welcome us. And Acha wasn't going to have any any of that. And the groups um, were basically the rich people of the village, Now, if you saw what was defined as rich in Badabo, Cameroon, it looks very different than how we define rich. But it was the rich people and the chief and some of his followers. So I did bring just a few pictures today. If you want to throw the picture of the chief up there. Now, that's the chief. He looks kind of serious, doesn't he? I was like, well, I had to get permission to take that picture of the chief. There were some very strict guidelines about the chief. But the chief, Acha, he kept talking to Acha. And finally, Acha one night felt led to take the chief a Bible. And he gave chief the Bible. And he learned in conversation with the chief that the chief had stopped attending church because that meant coming together with all the people. And so, on our last night in the village, God worked. Everyone came together. 
Now they, you know, there was a fight about, well, we aren't going to meet in the, in the chief's home, in the palace, as they refer to it. You know, where can we meet? Well, what's a logical place to meet when you're trying to bring two groups together that have been at war? The church, right? So, and if you'll pull up the next picture. I also really wanted to show you, look at those church pews, would you? How would you like to sit on those for an hour, two hours? You'd be hoping for some short sermons, wouldn't you? <laughs> but this was, this was before the people arrived. I just had to show that picture. But that's the Presbyterian church in the little village. And an amazing thing happened. As, the, as they began to welcome us, the church filled. People were standing. People from all over the village came to welcome us. And they also made Acha honorary chief. The chief had had a whole speech planned, and they honored him with a little hat and a little chief's bag and, and the works. And I find that so interesting that they were willing to put down their pride. They were willing to put down just the pain that each of them had about the conflict and come together as one group for a greater purpose. So we thought, well, that's nice. They all came together. Isn't that awesome? You know, then it's like, what happens when you leave, right? Was that just kind of the one-time thing? And, you know, they all put on their smiles. Don't we do that sometimes in our families? Like, oh, it's Christmas time again. Oh, good. Let's all just try to deal with each other, right? Anybody have that in their families? Can you relate to that? Okay. So then, but what we have learned, I continue to get emails from some of the people in the village, and reconciliation has continued. This is actually a picture taken just a couple weeks ago that was sent to me. The, the pastor is the gentleman there in the blue holding the white Bible, and he has continued to bring the people together. The chief has continued to go to church every Sunday now and worship together as one. So we're seeing a ton of reconciliation begin to take place in this village. Now, who would have thought that that would have been the beginning of reconciliation? And finally... I had to put in this last picture because it's my favorite. Isn't that awesome? So I thought, okay, now how do I tie this into the story of reconciliation other than just to throw this picture up there? And what I realized as I was asking God, God, give me a little something here to tie this in, is that reconciliation that happens today does impact generations to come. And when you look at those sweet faces and the absolute joy, don't we want them to grow up in a village where there's peace, where they see the adults in the village working together as one rather than the constant war? And I think about that in our own lives. You know, what do our children see? What do they see in us? Do they hear us? talking about this person and that person, about groups of people. What are the beliefs that they're growing up with? What are our grandchildren growing up with? So 
I think that's a sweet picture for us to keep in mind as to how do we impact the generations to come? You know, are we walking as God would have us walk in our relationships with people? So let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, page 940 in your pew Bible. Or you can follow along on the screen. You got it? I used to go to a church that the pastor would say, yell out, got it, when you got to the scripture. Of course, now it's on the screen, so you don't really have to call out, got it, right? All right. My eyes are so bad, I'm going to have to read off the screen. Okay. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now. And Lord, we want the truth of that passage to fill us. God, we pray that your, your words would just impact us to the point, God, that it moves us into action today. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just fill each one of us today. And Father, that we would hear the words in which you would want spoken. And Lord, I ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So as we think about reconciliation, I want us to think about what do we need to accept about reconciliation? What can we expect about reconciliation? And what can we receive about reconciliation? Now, I'm sure you remember several months ago, I preached on forgiveness. And I'm sure that message has just resonated inside each one of you. And you remember everything that was spoken, right? But just in case you have forgotten. Forgiveness is that first step toward reconciliation. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free from the bitterness, from the resentment, from the rage. It's also about setting yourself free from the responsibility to punish the person who hurt you. It's no longer drinking the poison every day because isn't that what unforgiveness does to us? We continue to drink the poison. So it's about setting yourself free 
It's about that relationship between you and God. It's about writing your relationship with Christ. So as we think about reconciliation, that next step in that process of, of forgiveness, we need to think about what, what do we need to accept then about reconciliation? You know, kind of the quick definition of reconciliation just means to change or exchange. And we see in these verses today that God changed us from the old to the new. God, who was without sin, took on our sin so that we could be set free. That's pretty awesome. So, what do we need to accept? We need to accept that we see in this passage that we're sinners. Was that a newsflash to anyone? We're sinners. We are sinners. And part of, part of us accepting that Christ took on that sin is, is knowing that we are truly sinners to begin with and that we needed him to take that on for us. And so can we accept that invitation that Christ took on that sin so that we could be reconciled with God. That, that, that in and of itself is amazing. Can we accept that upon making that decision to accept Christ, that we were once old and now we are new? Can we accept that? Because I think sometimes we make a decision to say, yep, we're sinners and I repent and I accept God. I accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And yet, when we look at the fruit in our lives, we're not looking real fruity. You know, we, we, there, there's still a lot of the old. And I think we've got to begin to accept that Christ really desires for us to become new. That we can truly walk in the righteousness that, that he died on the cross for. So I think that those are those places where can we accept? Can we accept those things? And can we accept that he empowers us to be ministers of reconciliation? You know, that, that's a challenge. You know, it's one thing to go, okay, you know, I, I, I will live my life for Christ. But living your life for Christ means that he's calling us to be ministers of reconciliation. So what can we expect if we begin that journey of reconciliation? The first thing that you can expect is it's going to be hard. Okay. Can each of you in, a, in this quick moment think of somebody that has hurt you? That's not too hard, is it? Everybody got somebody? Can you think of that person? Maybe, maybe you've taken that step of forgiveness, but you're just not quite sure, can I really reconcile that relationship? Can I take that next step? And what you can also expect, not only is it hard, is that you'll probably think of a hundred reasons why you should not. If you only knew how that person was. If you only knew how that person treated me. If you only knew, if you only knew, if you only knew, right? We could come up with a hundred reasons why 
we should not reconcile with that person. But again, God doesn't say in that passage, if you feel like it, go ahead and be ministers of reconciliation, does he? He calls us to a greater purpose. We can also expect when we take those steps toward trying to reconcile with someone that it might, um, as I say, the uglies come out. Because we're all broken people. And when you've been hurt or you have hurt someone, it just kind of shines the light into all our brokenness. I often wonder what it would be like if we could see the wounds inside of each of us, how much more compassion we might have for another person if we could actually see the wounds inside. You know, I think about if you, if you see someone on crutches, you see somebody in a wheelchair with a walker, you tend to show more compassion. You quick and hurry and you open up the door for them. You carry something for them. You're much more compassionate and concerned about that person because it is obvious that there's some brokenness inside their body. But we all have these wounds inside of us that are also broken. And yet we don't really get to see those. But what we're really good at, good at as humans is that we're really good at judging. You know, we don't see the wounds, but we're quick to judge. Can you believe that person talked to me that way? And you know what we're really also good at? We're good at going around telling everybody how that person treated us. Have you ever noticed that? I'm sure you yourselves don't do that. I'm just confessing about myself, okay? But we tend to go around and talk about those other people that have hurt us. And I think one of the key components to truly being able to see inside another person is exactly what Acha did on our trip to Cameroon, is that he listened. He allowed them to share the pain that was inside in a healthy, constructive way. He validated, yeah, that is painful. But he also then challenged them not to stay there. You know, we can really get caught in the pit of despair. But God calls us to something greater. So I encourage you to really think about whoever you might have some strife, some conflict with. Have you listened? Have you really listened? And when we listen, we validate how that person feels. It doesn't mean that you're, you're saying, yeah, you're right if they've done something wrong. But you are validating that that's how they feel. Have you ever noticed that people like to tell you how to feel? Have you ever noticed that? You shouldn't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? Isn't that funny? I mean, when you really stop and think about that, I think that's a really funny thing. Because 
who do we think we are to be prideful enough and that we know that person well enough to tell them to tell somebody how they should feel or not feel you know people can feel however they want to feel it's okay and validate that's how they feel you know i think it's really you know and i think sometimes we tell somebody how they should feel or not feel because we know we were wrong and we don't want that person to feel bad is that true you know i like you guys to give me a little something here right all right so or am i the only one that does that okay just checking um so i think that as we focus in on understanding that other person you know i was reading reading the the story of jesus in the garden and it's just so interesting to me that you know that you know that he cried out to god and take this cup from me god but he also had said to his disciples you know pray for me you know but he also prayed that you know he knew they were going to be walking into temptation themselves and he still had compassion upon them and said pray and then he comes back and they're sleeping fortunately he didn't say you know what the heck are you guys doing how dare you fall asleep on me you know he understood didn't he he knew the emotional wounds inside each one of them and what was to come even though they didn't have any idea what was going to come for him so listen 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 that's one of your pieces of homework today is i'm going to encourage you that over the next week to listen to somebody who you have a little rift with listen maybe god will show you something new about that person the other passage that i want us to look at that i think really speaks to how we can go about um how to how, what to expect when we're reconciling is luke 6 and uh, i hope it's okay i took this from the message because i just like like the way it read it says to you who are ready for the truth i think that's interesting are you ready for the truth i say this love your enemies let them bring out the best in you not the worst when someone gives you a hard time respond with the energies of prayer for that person i love that you know allow your enemy to bring out the best in you not the worst and respond with the energies of prayer for that person isn't that amazing how often do we put that expectation on ourselves to allow our enemy to allow that person in our family our friend our workplace to bring out the best in us and not the worst and are we responding with the energies of prayer a great reminder of what to expect when we begin those steps of reconciliation
Bring out the best, not the worst. Respond with the energies of prayer. And then, what can we expect to receive? If we take those steps toward reconciliation, what is it that we need to be open to receiving? You know, I once heard a pastor say, is your heart tender enough to minister to those who have hurt you? Which means our hearts have to be tender enough to receive all the promises that God has for us. You know, are we ready to receive that truth that we are made new? Can we walk in the newness of who God is creating us to be? Can we receive that in its fullness? You know, I think in, as, as Christians, we know that, that verse well, that we were an old creature, now we're a new creature. I mean, I think we hear that often. But again, does our life reflect that we are a new creature? Are we walking in the likeness of Christ? And I think relationships give us that place to determine, are we doing that? You know, I think, I think you know, relationships give us a mirror we, we, we find out in that moment, have we really received all that God has for us? Or are we uh, looking in that mirror going, ooh, I look kind of old. What happened to the newness? You know? And so to begin to think about in those relationships, am I receiving the newness that God is calling me to be? And are we willing to exchange our pain, our pride, our desire to punish others? Are we ready to exchange that for the peace and the joy that Christ has for us? And we know it's a journey. We know it's a journey. But are we open to receiving and believing that through God, through Christ's death on the cross, that we are empowered to receive those things and that we can choose to move forward in our relationships? And again, I think we can expect it to be hard, but I think we can also expect God to show up in mighty ways if we go to the throne with the energies of prayer for those situations. And so my prayer for you today is that as you approach the throne of grace in the truth of who you are, in the newness of who you are, that God will empower you to reconcile with each other and that you can approach the throne knowing that God desires the best for you.
and not the worst.